day, community, and welcome to another episode of Tradio. My name is Damo, and breaking things down with me again is Lekdog. How are you, mate? Hello, Damo. We are recording this on the eve of AFL Free Agency, which isn't real free agency, but it's the best we've got, and uh, I'm excited, Damo. I'm excited. It's it. It's nice to not know. Carlton's whole season is hinging on the next month. Normally, I come in, I'm like, geez, if we don't get players in, we are stuffed. So it's nice to have some sort of calmness around me. How are you feeling? I'm interested to see what players move that haven't been linked to clubs yet, because we've got Carl Amon linked to Hawthorne. That's been a long way out. We've got Daniel McStay linked to Brisbane, which we will talk about. That's linked to, linked Collingwood, to Collingwood, rather, which we will talk about a bit later. Jack Gunston linked to Brisbane, which we will talk about a bit later. It's going to be interesting to see which goes down first and who moves that no one's talking about. Oh, I like that. That's a fun game. I'm quickly going to vamp and come up with another name that I think we should watch. In fact, while I do that, why don't you introduce today's sponsor? Yes, Lekdog, once again, we are sponsored by Manscaped. Gentlemen, all men strive for gold in their life, right? Gold medals, gold watches, gold everything. However, there is a certain type of man who goes the extra mile. He walks with the confidence of an eagle and giggles in the face of danger. He is a big, hairless, winning machine. And when he unzips his pants, he sees platinum. That's right. Manscaped would like to announce their best and biggest ultimate hygiene bundle. The Platinum Package 4.0 is now available in Australia. Manscaped is the leader in below-the-waist grooming. Now trust them with the whole shebang. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code Jock, so that's J O C K, Jock. Now, Lack Dog, I got this package a little bit after you, but I've started using it and I've never smelt better in my life or felt better in my life. It's just absolutely wonderful. And you look as majestic as you always do as well. So, the Manscaped Platinum Package 4.0 is the one stop shop for the man who deserves it all. They designed this package to allow you to fully align your entire hygiene routine with elite products. Inside this Platinum package, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair trimmer, Ultra Premium Body Wash, Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner, Ultra Premium Deodorant, Crop Preserver Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver ball spray toner anti-chafing boxes who are that are comfortable as hell and the shared travel bag to hold all your goods while you're traveling the platinum package 4.0 covers all bases from head to toe so get 20 percent off with free shipping with the code jock j-o-c-k at manscaped.com That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code J-O-C-K. Let's get back to the trade news. I pulled three names out that are uncontracted, uh, and I'm sure that people closer to these teams know whether they're going to be picked up or not uh, or retained. So the first is one of my favorite players is Jack Redden, 32-year-old from West Coast. He's probably getting a contract at West Coast, right, Damo? 
West Coast don't have many list spots, so maybe not. Well, I still think he's got something to give at AFL level for a year or two. I'm not sure where he would go, but I think he still has some value. Uh, the other names that I had is Dara, Dara Joyce, who got delisted, but there's rumours that Carlton have looked at him. And Darcy McPherson, a, a 24-year-old turning 25, a player that for a very, very brief glimmer of Supercoach history was a favourite of ours on the podcast. Uh, he's played 72 games. He's not amazing, but for several years has been talked about in trade rumours, and I haven't heard a single word about it. Those are all players to watch because some of them have some pretty clear value to the right club. So they're not going to be a player that comes in and completely changes the world for your club, but they're players that could play a pretty important role within the team if they were to get their chance. Now, like Doug, literally minutes after we finished recording last week's Tradio, Daniel McStay expressed that he was going to exercise his rights as a free agent. He's probably going to Collingwood. That's all that's been all but confirmed. You'd assume that He's going to Collingwood. You, that's you, a fact. In case. We knew that at about round six. Um on the flip side of that, Jack Gunston has informed Hawthorne that he will be joining Brisbane as a free agent. So does Brisbane now trade your McStay to Collingwood Don't. so it doesn't affect their compensation Don't. for losing McStay. So or, what they were saying or here is Or trade that... for Gunston, rather, so it doesn't it yeah. affect their compensation for losing McStay. So what Damo is saying there, folks at home, is that uh, instead of having Jack Gunster sign as a free agent, they would offer a, you know, a future fourth round pick, ring the bell, to Hawthorne so that it was a trade and not a free agency signing because that would affect the compensation, which they shouldn't be getting, but they will be getting for Daniel McState. Now, Damo, here's my biggest bugbear. Of all the things, of all the things that we talk about in AFL player movement, should not be able to have your cake and eat it too. You either need to get rid of free agency compensation or not allow the trading of an unrestricted free agent. It doesn't make any sense. Restricted free agency, I get, right? You offer a player a contract or a contract gets offered to a player. You match that contract. You go, no, we're matching it. We will sign you to that. He goes, I still want to leave. Trade me. And then you organize a trade. I understand that. But the oh, Damo, I need to take a breath. But it's like it's almost draft tampering, like it's it's manipulation, and it should not be allowed. And yet, what you said at the start, Damo, is that should they do it? Like, of course they should. With it, if it's within the rules, they absolutely should, and they probably will, and they'll probably get away with it. And I find that beyond frustrating. One thing I would love for the AFL to do, but and they will never do this, but I would love for them to do this is in the NFL, when you lose players before the draft through free agency, through trading, through whatever it is, the NFL doesn't deal its compensation picks or its, or whatever it's called. I don't think they're called compensation picks until closer to the draft. So they can consider your net loss and your net gain. If you're yep. net, if if you don't have a net loss and you don't have a net gain, they they still consider your club to be at at zero. You don't get compensation for losing certain players to free agency or gaining players from free agency. It's 
they they wait until re- very close to the draft day before they deal any of that compensation out, which you'd love the AFL to do. They will never do it. Clubs rely on the compensation coming in so they have things to trade to other clubs. But if that came in, it would create another mechanism and, and make clubs be a little bit more creative in how the player movement space happens. Well, I was going to actually talk about this later, but we can we can cover it quickly now. So the NHL uh, have a compensation system. It doesn't always get applied at the top end of the draft. Very it, Sometimes it does when like a certain trigger gets hit in terms of a contract. A guy gets paid, you know, X multi-tens of millions of dollars a year. It'll trigger first round. For the most part, they fall into like a third round band, but it's very clear what triggers you have to hit to get that compensation from a free agent. Because they've essentially, like at the NBA, you've kind of got standardized contracts. You know how much a player is going to be on roughly. I mean, it's advertised, but also based on how many years they've been in the league, how many all-star appearances, uh, when they've extended their deal, where they are restricted franchise. There's, but there's all these set structures that make it very clear. And so in the NHL, you've got these set structures with set triggers for compensation. It's all very clear and transparent. If you listen to Stephen Silvani the other day, he said they take into consideration things like best and fairest, all Australian nominations, color of their hair, can they do a kickflip? Like, he, they take into all these things into consideration. If we just standardized it, I would have far less issues with it. But the fact that it's literally made up and can be exploited so easily and we think that that's okay is just really hard to swallow. So... Jack Gunson is going to go to Brisbane. He's probably going to get traded. And then they're going to also be gifted a first round pick for a player that's leaving when in actual fact, their compensation should be the salary space and the list spot to attract Jack Gunston, who Damo picked the most boring team in the AFL to go to. He could have been a fit on any list and he chose Brisbane. I know we're not talking about 2023 and lists for 2023, but I think Jack Gunston moving from the hook, from the Hawthorne Football Club actually sets Hawthorne back quite a bit because there were lots of games this year where he kept the minute. So I think he's a bigger loss than people are uh, thinking that he might I think he's a bigger gain for Brisbane on the flip side as well than people are probably thinking. He's a good player and he's had some injury troubles as he's gotten older, but, you know, he's going to kick more than a goal a game and it's really hard to find players who can do that successfully. Another mechanism that has come back into the spotlight, thanks to Jason McCartney, the GWS list manager, he wants rookie contract lengths extended, especially the top draft picks. He would like them to be at least four years. Um, I I don't see this trade changing trades too much if it happens, but obviously it ensures that the club trading gets fairer compensation at the trade table if the rookie decides to leave before the contract expires. Lek, you are a big fan of longer rookie contracts. Yeah, we we did a piece on it last year, and I, I can't remember our exact proposal at the time, but it was something like first-round pick should be a f- either a three-year deal and plus, plus, plus one team option or a four-year deal. Let's call it a four-year deal. A second-round pick should be a three-year deal, and a third-round pick and onwards should be a two-year deal. Right or something like that. I can't remember where we landed, but it was it was something like that. And it's about a getting return on investment for investing in the player. B 
it would probably discourage, it would make it harder for players to leave within that first, you know, 23 months of them being in the league. And so it punishes clubs less for taking players from, say, a different state, right? Which I think if you're nominating for the draft, you're nominating, you're committing to potentially moving. So you, you want the AFL career where you get paid uh, way more money than you would in any other industry uh, in Australia, you know, asterisks. That's part of the part of part of the job, right? You go into state. So giving a little bit of power back to the clubs in this instance, it doesn't discourage them from just picking from within their own state. And I think I think it's only only a positive thing. And and the other thing is, it gives way. It actually is better for the players, right? How many first round picks Damo have we seen who have been spuds? A lot. If you're guaranteeing them four years of employment and four years of contracts, it's actually better for their career because they're guaranteed money at a decent clip as a first round pick for a longer period of time. I see it as win win. Yeah, I I think I think four, three, two, like you said, is good depending for the rounds. But I but I wouldn't mind if that four year contract is actually four with a trigger for a fifth. Yeah. I think three with a trigger for for a fourth is probably more your second round pick. Um, I think a first round pick should be a four with a trigger for a fifth. Yeah. And you're, which means you're drafting an 18 year old that has his next five years of life almost guaranteed. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm with you, mate. And in a perfect world, a perfect world that we would create after that fourth or fifth year option, you would become a restricted free agent. And then, you would be able to move or get held to your contract or matched and, and a trades force. But it, I think it gives security to the players, long-term financial security to the players, and it gives security to the clubs in that they know they're not going to lose their investment straight away. And another side effect of this would probably be an increase in resources into scouting of talent and development of talent. Because if you're given a four- or five-year contract to an 18-year-old kid, you better be damn sure that they're going to be an AFL player. More Giants news from the same interview with Jason McCartney. Um, they're pretty understanding of Bobby Hill's request due to his health complications earlier in the year. They're pretty happy to facilitate that trade just based on where his life is at the moment and where his family is. Um, Tim Taranto is out of contract, so they're pretty happy to facilitate that trade, but they do have quite a high price on him. Um, they The Jacob Hopper trade will get done, but because he's under contract, he's going to be the hardest one to move and they really would prefer to hold on to him. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think there's nothing surprising about Bobby Hill uh, leaving Tim Taranto. I think he's probably worth the most of those three players, both to GWS and to the club he's going to. And yeah, I agree. Hopper, Hopper will get done because it's the AFL and contracts for the most part, except if your name Rory Lobb, mean nothing. Um, do you? How do we? How do you? Are we going to f- speculate here, Damo, on how they get to Richmond, or are we going to just wait till the till the news actually happens? I don't want to speculate on these sorts of things. They sometimes it happens and it involves a club that we didn't even have on the radar as being part of the deal. They might get. They might get Fremantle in, in, involved because they can. Like, there's just no way to put these deals 
on the on the table with it without knowing the true mechanics of what's really going on behind the scenes. But we're convinced that uh, Jacob Hopper is leaving GWS. Yeah, I think that will definitely happen. Um, just some quick bits of news that don't really need a lot of reaction. Um, Jason Johannesson has re-signed at the Western Bulldogs. He was linked to Gold Coast and West Coast. Um, Dane Zorko, Blake Coleman, Jackson Pryor and Carter Michael have re-signed at Brisbane. Um, Darcy Gardner also re-signed today for three years, taking him off the free agency market. I know he was on the radar of a few clubs. Also at Brisbane, Eli Smith, Mitch Cox, and Devidus Oasis. I think that's how you say his name. I don't know if that was right, but David Oyster was my guess. Um, Delisted by Brisbane, while Mitch Robinson wants to play at a third club. Does Mitch Robinson get another shot somewhere? Damo, I would like to play at a first club, and I reckon I've got as much chance doing that as Robbo does playing at a third. I've seen a lot of Carlton fans asking for him because he's got that grunt in him and he once played for Carlton, but it's like he's not that good. He's past it. He's not efficient with the pill. He's from an experienced team, but he's never been near the lead. I don't think he's ever been near the leadership group there, Damo, so... I don't know where 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 would he go? I, I I actually can't think of where he would where he would go. It's NFL season, so I'm going to be referencing the NFL a lot because I watch all those programs and I love all that sort of shit. Um, they always talk about players that are good for the locker room. Is Mitch Robinson someone that would be good for a club's locker room? Like, is he someone that would lift other players around him up? I I don't know. Uh, I watched a video of him shaving, uh, getting his his little uh, Jedi ponytail shaved off the other day and it looked like he was going to murder his teammate. So like, I, I honestly, I don't know. He, he, he's probably a lovely guy. Uh, do I put much? Is My question is, is he going to make your reserves team better? Because that's probably where he's playing. And my answer in most spots is probably no, because I don't know if, I don't know that he helps people develop. It's a tough one. I just don't. I just don't see a home for him. He, he might be one of those guys in the end that we go. I can't believe he never found somewhere else. But he's also like what thirty two, turning thirty three. So you know. Geelong have delisted Quinton Narkle along with Nick Stevens, Paul Sapatilis, Francis Evans, and Zane Williams. Francis Evans has been linked to Port Adelaide, while Quinton Narkle could find another home. He's been linked with Fremantle and West Coast in the past, given that he's from WA. Um, but the biggest news out of Geelong this week is that Joel Selwood has retired. Great yeah. career. Great career. Like lots of players would only wish having a career as decorated as him. Oh, right. How many premierships did he win? Four? Four, four premierships, six All-Australians, um, premiership captain, Here's his career super coach averages. 77, 98, 111, 118, 112, 118, 118, 121, 105, 112, 102, 105, 85, 82, 101, 85. The man's a beast. The man was always a beast. Um, Huge career and uh, well done to him. It's a good time to retire going out in a flag. I think we all knew when he kicked that, that goal that he was done, didn't we? Yeah, and and he said that he had made up his mind at about round 23 that he was going to finish at the end of the year, whether they won loss, whether whether it was a win loss or didn't even get there. Um, 
Luke Dahlhouse also retired today as well. <laughs> yeah. sure. I mean, he had some super coach relevancy at at times as a forward option for he, the Western he, Bulldogs. He averaged 101 while he was at the Bulldogs one year. So I, he was he was quite good when he was at the Bulldogs. He never quite found his feet at Geelong and I think he and I think um the move probably didn't benefit him as much as he thought it would. Perennial breakout player. Always was going to break out. Never quite got there. While we're talking about Geelong, they've been in the frame for this Jack Bowes pick seven thing oh. that's that's going on. How does Geelong have the room in their cap <laughs> to accept a salary dump? Well, the answer is the cap's meaningless. I mean, the cap exists and the players' contracts come within that cap. But uh, And don't feed me the nonsense about you can't sit there telling me for the last 10 years that Joel Selwood's taking unders and then when he retires, that opens up enough space to take on a salary that's worth pick seven, which has to be close to a million dollars a year, right? In the NBA, Damon, I think we've spoken about this maybe on pod. Uh, there's rules in place where basically you can't earn less than what you deserve to earn, right? There's restrictions within the CBA that kind of say, if you're LeBron James, you can't just sign for a million dollars at another place. You're LeBron James. They do that so that any paid sponsorships outside of this can't be considered as income from out that, you know, it, it can't be in considered income for playing within the, like from outside the salary cap. The AFL doesn't have the same restrictions and you just have to listen to Eddie Maguire say, like talk about it on, uh, on footy classified players will be getting paid less than they're worth at Geelong and every club because a sponsor or a well-off coterie member or whatever is essentially footing half the bill. And that's not just Geelong, that's everywhere. But I think uh, you wouldn't see many sports outside of the AFL where the premiership team or the champions are then taking on a huge salary dump the next year. I don't think it's a great look. Tyler Brockman and Emerson Jecker have re-signed at Hawthorne. Sam Reid has extended his stay at the Swans. Jake Lloyd is still uncontracted, but a multi-year extension is about to be signed according to reports. So that makes a bit of sense. I I was wondering why him still being on the free agency market wasn't a bigger headline mm. um, because he's a fairly big name. He's, he, I mean, he's not, he's not someone that would attract a lot of money at another club given the type of player that he is, but he's important to structures and I think he's important to Sydney's structures. So, um, no surprises there that Sydney are trying to secure him or have secured him, depending on how you read the reports. Um, Tom Mitchell to Collingwood, maybe. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get that one. I don't, I don't get that one. Uh, it makes sense if something we we'll talk we we'll talk about later actually happens. Um, Tom Berry has requested a trade to the Gold Coast. That should be pretty easy. Aaron Francis looks like he'll request a trade to Sydney. I don't think Bombers will stand in Sydney's way there too much. Jack Graham has been photographed at Port Adelaide HQ. Maybe this is how Jacob Hopper happens. That's funny, by the way, because he stri- didn't he come out and publicly say, "No, no, I'm just, I'm just going home. I, I'm not interested. I'm not, not meeting with footy clubs." 
that morning at the airport, he said he was home to see family. And then that afternoon, he was photographed at Port Adelaide with Ryan Burton. So maybe his family lived there. <laughs> um, Fremantle have met with Josh Corbett. That feels like a deal that's going to happen pretty quickly and simply. Is he, what, what's, what's he do for you guys? Hey, Dockers have needed someone in that Jake Stringer, Alex Sexton, I suppose Jack Silvani kind of mould to play in their forward line. They've needed someone who can play as a key if they need him, but play mobile if, if they need him. And um, he seems to have that in spades, has a, good, has a good set shot, has nice clean hands, elite endurance. Um, and according to his mum, who messaged me on Twitter, apparently he's a lovely person who deserves all the opportunities in the world. So, of course, a mum would say that, but it's cute that I got that message. Oh, there you go. Team Corbett over here. Um, the Bulldogs are going to offer pick 29 for Rory Lobb. Now, I, I've got, I've got thoughts about this. Damo, hit him, hit him between the eyes. Hit him between the eyes. Go hard because I don't. On paper, that seems like a reasonably fair deal. However, there are mitigating circumstances, aren't there? It's probably the correct value. But if Fremantle have said they aren't going to trade him, it's going to take more than that to pry him out. It's going to. I don't think pick twenty nine is going to make. Freeman will go, gee, pick 29 looks pretty darn good. Okay, Rory, you can go to the Bulldogs now. I think it's going to take a pick closer to 20 to have to make Freeman really, really think about it. And even then, there might still need to be some steak knives on top, maybe a late pick swap, moving the Dockers slightly up the order while the Bulldogs move backwards a little bit with their later picks. I think that's what's going to have to happen to make the Dockers really consider the trade. I don't think pick 29 is enough by itself. And Bulldogs fans will tell me that the Bulldogs aren't going to sell the farm for him. Well, that's fine. The Dockers have said that he's important to the structure and they would prefer to keep him anyway. So I don't think they've already kept him once. So I I, I don't think the Bulldogs walking away away from the deal is going to change much for for Fremantle. Now, so the reasons you're saying that that, all right, you don't think that'll get done. It's this. There's several factors. One, he's under contract. Two, Fremantle say they'll hold him and they've held him before. And three, you can't... Fremantle don't want to be seen to look like they're, they're backing down on what they've said. They've publicly said they have, that they want to keep him or it has to be a crazy offer. If it's not a crazy offer, they have no choice but to keep him. Yeah, I I don't... I. It's one of those trades that I th- feel gets... To, I feel like it sits in the Jacob Hopper boat. I feel like it gets done because I don't want because the Dockers don't want anyone at the club that doesn't want to be there. And this trade request was pretty much put in the the day after trade period finished last year. So yeah. it's so, so it's not as if they weren't expecting it. But I don't think pick 29 is enough for Fremantle to go, "Wow, if that's what we're going to get, let's let's do this trade now before it gets too far away from us." It's going to have be something it's going to have to be something a little bit better than that. I could see a world where, you know, 
it ends up being 29, but not really because they have either on trade it or it's part of a three three team deal or something. There could be a world where something else comes in instead. And so they don't, they say, well, no, we didn't, we, it wasn't pick 29. We got X who we, we really wanted. There, there's potential for that, but I think you're right. I think this one will drag out a bit. Uh, Jaden Hunt has been linked to West Coast. I don't, Jaden Hunt's a free agent. I don't think Melbourne will stand in his way too much on that one. And to finish off, Brad Scott is the new Bombers coach. Yeah. That's yeah. not trade news. It's still pretty significant. Yeah, no, it is. Um, four-year deal, or maybe a five-year deal. I'm not sure. Four-year four deal. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's interesting that he's allowed to go straight from the AFL into a coaching role. Other sports wouldn't allow that, but in this instance, in the AFL, it is allowed. You have to remember, Steve Hocking went from the same position yeah, well, yeah. To, to then Geelong CEO. Yeah, I remember that raised some questions as well at the time. So, look, kudos to them, I guess. They they reckon they did their three-week process. Um, it doesn't super excite me, but maybe 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 that's okay. He, he feels like a safe option, and and... It's going to sound weird, but I feel like Essendon needed a safe option. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a no-frills selection. I think if I think he will be competent and he will bring competency to the role. And uh, it might be one of those things. I always talk about how I like players in the draft who have a high floor and not necessarily have a, a really high ceiling. Uh, and I feel like he's this. You know pretty much what you're going to get from Brad. I don't think his list is uh, as amazing as people seem to think it is, particularly last year when they were playing finals. But, uh, you know, it could have been worse. I think they could have gone like a Ross Lyon or someone like that. So, Do we have a fake trade to dissect? Yeah, I'm going to read this to you, Damo. And uh, there's a lot of moving pieces. So good luck to us. All right, Lions trade Zach Bailey and their first rounder, pick 15, to the Bombers. Four, pick four. So that's one part of the deal. Bailey and 15 for pick four. The Lions then take pick four and their own future first to the Dogs for Josh Dunkley and 29. So far, out is Bailey and 15, in is Dunkley and 29. Doesn't seem like enough to me. Dogs, <laughs> the Dogs then give the Lions future first rounder to Fremantle, who gives the Dogs Rory Lobb at a third round pick. Frio then gives that first round pick from the Lions and their own first round pick to Luke Jack to the Demons for Luke Jackson. The Demons then give the Pies the Lions' future first round pick from the from the uh, the Dunkley deal, and the Pies give the Demons Grundy and pay three hundred k of his salary. So essentially, in this situation, the Demons get two first rounders for Luke Jackson, and they give one first rounder to the Pies for Brody Grundy. So that's one part of the deal. Does that seem all right to you, Damo? Let me try and break this down because 
I think um, I, I I think I need to break this down myself. Let, let, let me go through this again. <laughs> okay, so the Lions receive pick four for Zach Bailey and pick fifteen. Yeah, would you do that deal? If I was the Lions, I would do that deal. Yes. If I was Essendon, eh, probably not. Okay. Um, the Lions will then give the Lions then receive Dunkley and twenty nine in exchange for pick four and the Lions future first. Yeah. Two firsts for Dunkley and a second. That's probably a. Uh, I think that breaks even. Okay. Um, the dogs then give the Lions future first rounder to Fremantle and Fremantle gives the Bulldogs Rory Lobb and a third round pick, which they don't even have. So, and the, and the Dockers will want picks in this year's draft. So that, so that's all it's, it's already broken. The Dockers then give that Lions future first, which they already didn't want. And and they're all, and 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 their first rounder, which is pick thirteen, to the demons for Luke Jackson, which is probably going to be basically the deal. But the Dockers didn't want the Lions' future first in the first place, so whatever. Um, it it breaks down in the second half. Yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Why don't we could just go to our friends at Trade Radio and bring up a mega deal if you if you wanted an easier one to break down, Damo. I feel like I feel like the first part up and where where Dunkley and a second goes for four and a future first. I think I think up until that point it seems plausible. Yeah, I say plausible, not it's going to happen. Plausible. It's the it's the future first to Fremantle. Fremantle will say no straight away, and I don't see Melbourne accepting a future first pick as the cornerstone of the deal for Luke Jackson. I also don't know where Fremantle are going to get this third rounder <laughs> from because yeah. they, because they've only got picks 13 and 72 at the moment. So wherever that third round comes, third rounder comes from, I don't know because it sounds like Rory Logue, uh, Griffin Logue is going for a future second and Darcy Tucker is going for a bag of twisties. <laughs> they've been stepped on and let and left on the side of the road for th- for three years. I don't understand why the Pies would accept a future first rounder for 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 Grundy and pay three hundred k of his salary. I think they would want something in this year's draft for for Grundy. So I think the I think the whole part of the whole part for of Lob moving and the Jackson and the Grundy deal just is gone. So essentially it's... it's two trades and one of them we agree with, which is the Dunkley bit yeah. and the rest is nonsense. Yeah. I don't agree with the second part, but what's to, what's to say it doesn't happen like this. And then I completely pull my hair out. And <laughs> We've, uh, I think we've confused ourselves and our listeners enough here, Demo. Thanks for listening to another Tradio. We will talk to you next time. See you later, community.